Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Court with UC Elite. I'm Coach Stacy, and today I'm here with Coach Chloe, Coach Fina, and Coach Maffa. Welcome. Hey. Hello, hello. What's up, guys? Yeah, so today we are, actually, everyone's been on the show previously. Uh, Fina and Chloe were on an episode together. Mm-hmm. Maffa was on one as well. And it's really cool to have you guys back who are currently in our summer camps coaching, uh, getting ready for the upcoming club season, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so today's episode, we're actually gonna talk about, it's gonna be kind of like a round table where we're gonna discuss things we wish we knew when we were in the recruiting process for college. And I think we're also gonna touch base on some other topics based off that and kind of go from there, right? Mm Yeah, so who's going to start? What is What are some things that you wish you knew when you were younger in that recruiting process? Mm, some things I wish I knew, I guess, would just be really getting to know, like, what the coach's intentions are in terms of, like, what they see in me as a player. Like, do they just see me, like, oh, right now, just for this season, she's going to be good, or, like, Do they see me growing with them in the club, you know? Like, long-term, like, basically, how much do they care? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that's the same, like, with the whole college? Or are you thinking more during club? I think both, because I really could tell, especially during club, like, which coaches were really, like, actually cared for my development. And if I didn't see that develop, like... If I didn't see that care, then I was out of there, honestly. But, um, and honestly, it's same with college, too. Um, If I'm not getting the advice and the coaching that I think I deserve, then, yeah. And going off of that, uh, especially in club, I would say, like, building trust was one of the good things, or at least something to look out for. And not just, like, trusting their word, but seeing it in their action, too. And, like, whatever they say, they see it through, and they actually make it happen instead of just kind of just talking just to talk and sell it out to you. Um, And that goes the same with college, too, because college is a little longer, and it's like a contract where you have to play for that university or whatever college it is for two or four years if you're going to a four-year. And so, like... You really have to think about that, especially more so because you're you're basically committing your your whole four years of your college experience to that college and not only the college, but the program in itself, which you committed to. Um, Going off of both coaches, uh, something I wish I knew earlier in recruiting, uh, mainly is the communication. I was not that good with communication between me and coaches and also being open to other colleges because I was mostly stuck to like, you know, big names or schools that people actually know, but I wasn't really, I was limiting myself to those schools. I wasn't branching out to those schools who actually wanted me and who actually cared for me. I just like put that to the side, but yeah, going off them too, it's really, it's not just volleyball you're looking forward to or you're, you're looking for. When you're looking for colleges, you're looking for who you're going to be around, the place you're going to be around, like the environment you're in is important in growing. So I think just picturing yourself at a school with these people, these specific people, 
it's something I should have thought more about. Yeah, so it seems like bigger picture trying to figure out what's the best fit for you as an individual, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's not just volleyball. Because I think that's when people get a, um identity crisis. Yeah. It's when they just do like, oh, practice, workout, practice. What do I do in my free time? So then if you get injured or something, what are you going to do? Like you're going to be so mentally down because you're not used to it. Or you didn't even think about it. Yeah. I think the, the hard part too is making sure wherever you commit to go to especially in college Mm -hmm. like what's the long-term plan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like you know is this coach gonna stay there for the long haul type thing and you know often i hear stories about oh the the coach that recruited me like left or they're not Mm -hmm. a part of that right i think mafa you have a little experience with that right yeah a little bit before that though about how you said committing your whole four years there it's different with club because it's easier to transfer out and go into a different club. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many other clubs that you could get into because at the end of the day, you're paying for it versus college. A lot of people fight for a scholarship, so it's harder to transfer out, and especially with, like, the NCAA rules or whatever conference you're in. Like, their rules may be different, but it's harder. It's always harder to transfer out than to go and commit to a school. And, like, that's kind of what happened to me in a way that I first committed to San Jose State to go play four years at. Um, and then because I was so limited in knowledge about committing, I decommitted basically because it was just a verbal commitment. So I didn't sign anything yet. Um, so I basically turned it down, which was a good offer. I just thought that I had enough time to actually like go look out for colleges and talk to them. But it was already my junior year. And by that time, it's already late because they already have people committing from your class or maybe a senior from a different school but I didn't know the process was basically started at an early age rather than just waiting for your last two years of high school so that was one thing that I want to take away is just that you should be thinking about this early and make action to it as early as you can because colleges are looking at a young age because during like when you're younger you're earlier you're easier to develop because you, you don't really create any habits yet and you're still learning so it's like just try to do your research and get to know what college you really want to go to and do your background research too on on staff the school and even the team so that way you don't get dumbfounded or fooled when you go and commit there um but when i did decommit and i started going talking around that's when i found out the most that it was too late because again they start committing early and the camps are are meant for basically I'm not gonna lie, like some of the college camps are basically meant for people that are already thinking about committing or they're not really looking for new people to recruit. So that's why that's what I mean by being late and versus doing research and knowing early. Just the earlier you are, the more prepared you are. And then also the earlier coaches will look at you and then get to know you as a player as you're growing, not just for that one year or couple months or one tournament that they saw you in. Cause that doesn't if you played a bad game, they're gonna take that and run with it because they haven't seen how you played for real if they haven't kept up with you. Maybe that was the one time that that was their chance or your chance to show how you really play and you didn't do good. They'll probably take that and and define you as that player for the rest of the recruiting process and they're not going to look at you anymore. But I would say after I decommitted, they're actually really generous to, to take me back because I was still in communication. Like if I wasn't and and I probably like blew them off in a harsher way, then they probably would not have taken me back. 
but that just goes with communication and trust like we already built a good bond already before that they were able to just keep me in the back of their head and give me a second chance yeah not a lot of people are lucky like that yeah right Mm -hmm. yeah i think the other thing fina that you brought up was um how you felt like you maybe limited yourself Mm -hmm. to like oh i only want to be recruited by like this school that Mm -hmm. school and all that Mm -hmm. if you were to look back then what would you have changed differently i would have done more research more research because i was just going based off my like my environment like the people that i played with or other volleyball girls that i knew i'm like oh she's going to this conference i want to play here i'm looking at these schools like i was going off based what i see on social media or whatever Mm -hmm. instead of just doing my own research like i didn't really go out my way to go look for schools like in a sense the category of schools really just came to me or it was already sitting there and i didn't really I didn't really look into other schools. Yeah. Chloe, did you have anything you wanted to add with that? Um, yeah, I guess just what they said about, like, research, communication. Like, once you're able to build that bond with whatever the future coach may be, like, it doesn't have to be, like, oh, I'm putting my all into this one coach. Like, you could, like, have – multiple coaches like hopefully seeing you it's honestly Mm -hmm. the more options the better um but same thing with fina i didn't really know like what my options really were i didn't know what research was like okay i'm looking at schools but i didn't know what to look for and then mafa basically said like same thing environment right like the people that are on the team just the coaches like you really got to see can you envision yourself there you know like do you fit um going off on that when i went on an actual like official visit i did notice and and just like being in like a collegiate volleyball um women's team you see a lot of recruits come in and out Mm -hmm. and it's easy to see that coaches do put up like a good front because they are trying to sell it so i would say like yeah, you could base your, your judgment off just that day, but you also, again, have to do research, mm-hmm. not only just online, but get to know the players because mm-hmm. they'll tell you how it really is, mm-hmm. right? They're just trying to put on a front because they want to look good, which is which is their job, because they're trying to bring in the best recruits that they can. Mm-hmm. Also, with recruiting, you got to keep in mind that how you talk to one coach, all coaches talk. Like, mm-hmm. um, you notice this, too, with offers. Like, once a girl gets an offer to, to a school, her name is like well known in our conference and other coaches will try to reach out. Like all these coaches talk and you never really know who's watching you. It doesn't matter like what tournament you're in. You you don't even have to be playing. There could be a coach sitting there watching their daughter or yep, yep. their kids play, their little niece play. And so you just got to keep in mind wherever you go in public or especially a volleyball event that you're selling yourself to everyone that's around. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, your image is going to stick to everyone. Everyone notices everything. And the volleyball community is big, but everyone knows each other and everyone talks. So you just got to make sure that as a player, you want to put yourself out there like in a good way every single time you touch the court or just in public generally. Yep. Yeah, I like what you said about that because I think all those other things we've talked in previous episodes about being a good teammate, you know, knowing mm-hmm. your role, maybe how you respond to the coaching and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. that can play a huge part in that Mm -hmm. recruiting process i'm pretty sure these college recruiters if they see you being like 
a bad teammate, like, would they want that for their program, mm-hmm. you know? And just seeing how how supportive you are. Maybe your team is winning by so much and you end up on the on the bench to support and give other players that opportunity to play. Like, how are you being a good teammate on the bench? Like, or are you being negative and pouty and this and that? Just quiet. And quiet, yeah. Like, you're not engaged and doing things to make your team better, you know? But yeah, dang, that's that's a lot right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Covering yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, let's let's go ahead and backtrack now too. Like let's tie in like the whole club aspect to that. Like when it comes down to figuring out like where to play or who to play for, I feel like that's kind of a like preparation for the next level where you go into college, right? So what would you guys what advice would you say? to like athletes trying to figure out who to play for? I think sometimes athletes for a club do the same thing with colleges where they just want to play in big time clubs because of their likeliness or image, whatever it is. But I feel like if that's what works for you, then, then okay, go for it. But you should find something that, that really fits with you. Like this year alone, I feel like our club has branched out in a sense that we have so many other kids from different clubs in our clinics that that are probably like from clubs that are outside the city um, that we usually go for tournaments for, or they're a little bit bigger club than us. But I think we do a good job of um, kind of like what Chloe said earlier that matters in a coach is that like we care for the kids and they go and spread that word around because mm-hmm. they – and today alone, I've already had a parent ask me about a kid, their kid asking about their friend joining and from a different club or whatever it is. And like seeing all these different um, kids from different clubs kind of like brings us kind of in a higher profile. Um, so I think that not only just not looking at big clubs, but finding clubs that actually fit for you and listening and trusting your, your friends who probably have been playing in that club for a while, so they kind of know the environment, how things are run, and what their intentions are, but also, like, what you see in the coach themselves. Because, again, like Chloe said earlier, their intentions should matter to you because at the end of the day, they're running your club season. So at the end of the day, they have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think I like that you know, when a player reflects and tries to figure out what is it about this coach that's going to help me develop my game to get to whatever goals I want to accomplish, right? I think even earlier before we started this recording, I forgot who it was they were talking about. Was it trying to figure out if winning is all that matters to a coach versus the player development, Mm -hmm. right? Because we see a lot of that sometimes um, through, like, their body language or how they react when a point is made versus how they react when there's a good play and maybe they didn't get a point. Yeah. It's like, well, how did they lose that point that matters? It's the same thing when you think of at the end of the, a game, if you lose, did it really feel like you lost or did you feel like you still could have kept up a good challenge with that opposing team? You know, like, the loss doesn't feel like a loss if at the end of the day you guys tried your hardest and actually had some good plays within that game. For kids looking for a new club or just figuring out which club to play for this coming season, I would tell these kids, like, 
know themselves as an athlete because there are different type of coaches. So you need to know how you as an athlete is going to react to that coach treating you this way or that way. Because some coaches are more blunt than other coaches. So if you, you got to ask yourself, like, how are you going to react? And is that going to help you develop or is that just going to create drama or whatever? Because the player and a coaches both have to be on the same page. I think you should understand how the coach coaches so that you're prepared you're preparing yourself if you are going to play for them, in a sense. And so that's why coming to, like, camps and clinics, seeing how these coaches are, because players, they just go out and go out to these little volleyball branches or clubs. They go out to these clubs and they go try out. <laughs> they go try out at these clubs, and then that's their first time seeing a coach. So I feel like they should really understand the coach and just go out clinics, camps, anything before tryouts so that they know how they coach. And you as an athlete, you understand. U.S. athletes should already know how you like to be coached, how you learn better. So just keeping that in mind, like, do you think you and your coach would be a good combo? Going off of that, I think, like, you could also potentially meet your um, future teammates from those. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's also a big part is being on a team that you enjoy, whether you win or lose, because at the end of the day, like, again, you're spending the whole club season with them. So it's it's not like they're just your teammates. You you probably gonna see them two two times a week, okay? And then on the weekends, like it's it's nonstop. So it's like if you're not comfortable with your team, then I don't think you're gonna have fun. Cause at the end of the day, like volleyball is just a game. It's it's not gonna be fun if if you're not happy if you're not making it fun. But also if nothing around you is fun for you. Yeah, that is true because a lot of players, I think. If sometimes it's easy to go into club thinking like I'm trying to get recruited it's me it's me right it's all about me like this is my journey but the people that are going to get you there is really your team and your coaches right you got to know if they're really going to ride for you if they're going to get you to that next level that's really what I experienced when it came to um like just switching clubs cuz um I knew that the club that I finished off at for my 18s, um, I knew they had like a college program like for a way to get recruited, right? So, um, and I also knew like just the coaching style when it comes to coaching styles of different coaches. Yes, you may not know like their past experience, but just know at least like, well, here at UCLA, I mean, we got a whole lot of college players, just a lot of people with tons of experience with high-level play. Um, And you got to just trust what we say, honestly. But I'm not trying to say we know everything, right? We're still – we were once players. That's what I'm trying to say. We were once players. We've probably been in that spot, and we're just trying to help, help you progress. Yeah, I like that you brought that up because yeah. I think sometimes, even within within our club, maybe if you're an athlete that maybe didn't have, like, the best season mm-hmm. and, you know, we would still try and figure out what, how else can we make sure your next season is better than your last experience because mm-hmm. that's still going to be progress. And sometimes it might be maybe you just need a different coach mm-hmm. within this club to truly blossom right Mm -hmm. or maybe challenge you in ways that 
elevates your game and gets you to the next level. And I think the analogy sometimes I, I like to use is um, in a high school season, at least with, for basketball for me, you know, I've had the middle school kids to the like high school JV kids and then also now varsity. Mm-hmm. But at each level is like, what are the things do that I do to help them reach the next level? And here at UCLA, I feel like when we take kids into the club season, like what are we doing to help them progress and get ready for like, especially if they're in high school, let's let's get you ready for your high school season. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you're still young, like how can we continue that progress so that by the time you get to high school, like you can be like plug and play at any at your high school that that you're at right Mm -hmm. and it's it's crazy now that a lot of the programs we have at uc elite like kids are starting younger in their player development right Mm -hmm. so if we also look bigger picture when it comes down to like our club tryouts and stuff that's kind of like a mini version of if you really want to go next level and get recruited for college and stuff how are you using that experience to ask the right questions, Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. your research, because you could look up your club coaches and really see Mm -hmm. what's their, like, what's their coaching resume, Mm -hmm. what's their playing experience, right? Their accolades, and, like, is this a good fit for you, right? Yeah. (laughs) Going off what you said about, like, preparing for a next level, it also helps here how we're all so close to each other. And we know each other, like how we coach, we know each other's practices, we know how, or we know each, each each other's standards. So us just talking about girls that may be coming back next year kind of puts them in a better shoe than they were in before. So it's kind of good that the coaching staff is close. Yeah. Let's see. What else? What else is there we could talk about with maybe things that we wish we knew when we were younger? Mm. I think going off of that, just like, knowing and expecting the intensity of different levels yeah like if you know one coach is more strict than the other and you know you can't take that then maybe don't try out for that coach Mm -hmm. right just knowing what you're comfortable with but also knowing what your limit is and when you want to be pushed Mm -hmm. because like like again like yes we do have all different experiences but it's high level and to the point where we want you to reach it so we're going to challenge you especially in practices because when it's game time you need to be prepared yeah i think just because going off of the experience like we've all experienced different coaching styles so Mm -hmm. our coaching style is really just a sum of everything that we've been taught Mm -hmm. what we don't want to -hmm. do to other players now what we do want to hand off you know there's a lot of positives and negatives that we've learned and we're putting it into play when we're coaching you know, I think the funny thing as I look back even in my playing career, and I, I think every athlete might be able to say this, is they wish they took, like, the, the training more seriously mm-hmm. when, oh when we gosh. were younger. It goes a long right? way. Because if you look now, like, with you guys having that college experience, like, how would you feel if you actually took care of business when your high school coach was like, oh, make sure you're working out or – taking care of your body and recovering (laughs) i'll be touching the rim right now yeah i think looking back at it now that we're like grown and past club season at least like a lot of the stuff that we're doing as coaches it almost feels like 
we should have been doing <laughs> this as players or like it clicks so much faster as a coach because we're seeing it so much within different players that like whatever we say we trust because we see it working with them yeah. um like again like you said like working out or the basic fundamentals literally just sharpening those tools up so that way you could get better just from that and it doesn't even have to like be a big adjustment just making sure like everything that you've learned skill-wise can be sharpened yeah i remember talking about this with me and chloe's podcast but just gonna touch on it again working out voluntarily like i wish i did that more uh because i well in my head i wish as a kid my mindset should have been if you're not working hard, someone else is working harder than you. Yeah. I wish I had that mindset when I was little. Yeah. Because. Try to be an overachiever. Yeah. Because. Okay. Not to toot my own horn, but I'm being honest. I'm pretty athletic. So I didn't really try extra to go work out because it, it was already there. Like my, I could swing hard. Boom. I'm done. It's cool. Like I'm a good player. That's it. So I just wish I had higher standards for myself. So if you're listening to this. You're not doing enough. Do more. Wow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. True. I would say that's even if you're a humble person, there's always so much more that you could do to mm-hmm. elevate and, and push past your limit that you don't even know of till maybe after coaching right now mm-hmm. or maybe towards the end of your college playing um, season, whatever it is. Like, it's, it's never too late. Just start early. Yeah, it's really it's the mental game, too, that you're growing for yourself. You're trying to prepare yourself. Oh, my God. Uh, touch on that like that's a big thing mental like mental toughness going into club or or college yes like the reason you're recruited is probably because they saw potential in you as a player which everyone else is on the team but going along with that like you have to be mentally tough at at moments where you're probably the most like vulnerable Mm -hmm. right like you could be the rawest player on the court or on your team but when it comes down to it and you keep making mistakes, you keep getting frustrated, like, you're showing that on the court that you're you're not tough, you're weak at that moment, yep. right? Like, I think a lot of kids don't understand that, which is why they get more frustrated, because they know they could um, execute, like, what they've always been doing. But for some reason, today may not be their best game, and so they just keep regressing or they feel like they're just performing worser and worser. But it's really just, like, you got to talk to yourself and i know like some people don't take it serious i didn't because i thought it was just like stupid or like oh that's just a thing they say but it actually works if you just try to like calm down your mind then you'll play a little more relaxed and then you'll have more fun the more fun you'll have like you'll actually start seeing a lot more progress in your performance because you're not so tense like it shouldn't be serious to the point where you're not having fun yeah because then it's like you're worried about winning just like how you don't want in your coaches rather than your development Adding to mental toughness. I think uh, she left it off at a good notes. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's also, like, from a parent's point of view, I think, like, trying to find that balance and understanding that, okay, my child is making mistakes. You know, one is, like, am I contributing to that? You know, like, I don't know how many times where I've had players that are, like, Ugh, my mom this, Ugh, my dad that, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just like, what are you stressing about? Like, you know, just play through it mm-hmm. and all. And I think, you know, if 
parents are able to have a better conversation with their child about being prepared for those tough situations and how to handle it, mm-hmm. like the mental aspect to that, that's just going to help them through almost anything in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think sports is just a good way to to bring that out in mm-hmm. in in people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And volleyball is a truly a mental game. Yep. Like, we also keep in mind, like, of course, some parents have not been, like, playing this sport or they've never been at a high level, but they still want that for their child. And, of course, there's certain limits that a parent can go to, to the extent, right? But it really comes down to, like, what what does your support look like for your child? If that's just, I have your dinner ready when you're home, like, just simple little things, like, that help your child, I don't know, just day by day as an athlete, student athlete, you know? Yeah, but I also think there's the other side where, you know, is the child being respectful enough to recognize Mm -hmm. that parents actually care for them. And to sacrifice, especially to play club. Mm -hmm. Your parents have to drive you to practice, take you home, drive you to sack for maybe one day, take you home, feed you, like (laughs) wake up in the morning, get your lunch ready. Yeah, I just, you know, sometimes my biggest thing is when I see my athletes be, like, ungrateful Mm -hmm. for that. I'm like, do you understand what your parents are Mm -hmm. sacrificing? Like, that's my biggest thing, Yeah, because the kids just do the easy part, go to it, and just perform. Where the parents do everything behind scenes Mm -hmm. to prepare for that. That was my biggest motivator, playing club. Like, I needed to go play college because my mom's done, spent so much money, so much time so much energy into volleyball like i need to give her give it back to her by going to college and playing mm-hmm. yeah man. so i think just keep that keeping that in mind too if you're stuck mentally to not think about yourself and just think about everyone who's there supporting you like your mom's sitting at a, at a well, I, was, I was gonna say desk <laughs> <laughs> your mom's sitting at the chair court side cheering you on and here you are being sad for what for nothing for one point yeah it's the mental game it just grows as as much as you're playing like it doesn't get easier when you get older i would definitely say like try to figure out some way to be positive and be in that positive mindset Mm -hmm. early so you're conditioned to to like handle worse situations where you're probably thinking you can't get out of it because you're so messed up in the head or like you just can't stop being mad and that makes you more angry like you got to find a balance to bring yourself back to reality yeah. so that way you you can actually be happy because of the way you're performing or whatever it is that you want out of the situation it's not going to work if you're always going to be mad because then your judgment's going to be clouded first you're going to be more mad at yourself for being mad and not knowing yeah. like that's frustrating and and then again like it's it's going to make you more tense so it's not going to make you relax and actually like take time to think you're just going to start doing things off of um, like intrusive thoughts or whatever it is like yeah. just take time to yourself to find something positive so that way whatever like five seconds ten seconds however long it takes like to be on that court and and find yourself back into reality like it helps you for the long run I, I mean like doing it early and finding a way to condition yourself is going to make you a better person on the court and off I feel like yeah I yeah. like what you said because I think anyone's ability to adjust and adapt to any situation is going to take them far Mm -hmm. right yeah Mm -hmm. i honestly think 
the big thing also with the mental toughness is like how do you talk to yourself whether it's like actually talking or what's your mental like what's your mind like in Mm -hmm. tough moments are you saying like come on i should have got that or like okay next one you got this you know like it's the little things that you can change if you start positive with that mindset like you're good because that will really grow that confidence but if you're just negative you're you're just saying i can't do that i I can't possibly do that. I can't serve. I can't da 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 da. Then okay, you're probably manifesting that it will not happen, <laughs> yeah, right? You're yourself. Yeah. You do yeah. not want to ever do that, especially yeah. being young as an athlete. Okay, the sky is the limit, really. Yeah. You know, it's funny you br- bring that up because I remember during my twelves practice, I was so tired of them just free balling the ball <laughs> back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then I think I even yelled at them. Like, if, I feel bad yelling at them, but at the same time, it was like, it's that. Needed. yeah, it's needed because yeah. they had to understand that, okay, how are we going to put this ball away? Mm-hmm. You know, how are we going to get the point? Is it going to be by just giving them a free ball and all that? And then I think when that 12 team started to understand, I just saw like this switch in them where they're like, okay, let me figure out another way to mm-hmm. either hit the ball. Like, let me try downballing it or mm-hmm. tipping it. And one of my players was was like, well, I'm afraid I'm going to miss. I was like, practice is where you're supposed to do that. And then so that when it comes in game situation, yep. you've done it already. Mm-hmm. And then you're building the confidence. Mm-hmm. I think the confidence is like a big like factor in mm-hmm. in the mental aspect of of the game right yeah i think that could influence leadership too because yeah. then other people see the way you're reacting or handling a situation and they'll follow your footsteps but also trust in what you're doing or saying because they see it working or they see you um performing or spreading positivity whatever it is um i just feel like the more mentally tough you are like yes it brings confidence but you also get confidence to the point where you feel like you could be a leader on the court because you see that everyone sees your confidence but you're also like leading the way paving a path for them to to follow in your footsteps or see the way you're reacting and again copying that i think a way to prepare like an athlete to prepare themselves to to be mentally tough is to really i took this as a kid like it just went in one ear went out went out the other uh like in practices to actually act like you're in a game and like mentally, like throughout the whole thing, the whole practice, even water breaks, I acted like I was in a game, two seconds, go back on. But I think keeping that in mind during practices, cause the biggest thing that makes athletes go into that bad mental state is pressure. So just putting yourself in that pressure for a lot of t- for like a great amount of time allows you to really learn more about yourself and what calms you down. Yeah, wow, so much. <laughs> yeah, I think going with that is like, the little things matter too, like shagging a ball. You should not yes. be walking or it's, just it's watching little people things. help yeah. out and you're just standing there by the car. Or just like the whole time, if the players are are walking, the whole time you're, you're not engaged and like you're going to walk into the next drill and you're going to be standing up. You're not even going to be little. Like being engaged and like trying in every little thing is so important in practices. Yeah. And I think that's why kids get mad too is when coaches get mad about that. But it's like they have a reason to because the big picture is if you're not going to try on the little things, what makes you think we're going to trust you to finish off a big point yeah. or like to step on a court and serve for our last point, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you're not building any trust in the coaches or your teammates. Yeah. If they see you lacking off just by simple things and putting a ball away is not that hard, 
what are they going to think when you get on the court and expect you to get a kill on the last point? They're not going to mm-hmm. trust you because you're yeah. not trying in practice. And discipline goes a long way. Yeah. Discipline goes a long way. That was... I'm you? done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was a big thing that Fina and I always stress, oh, yeah. like, after so many practices this past club season, like, what are you doing to support your teammate? Like, even if it's just during practice. Are you saying, nice up? Are you high-fiving them? Like, it's simple things. Mm-hmm. That you might not think matter, but, like, you don't know if your teammate had a bad day at school, yeah. right? That your good energy given to them could be everything. Like, mm-hmm. that could make their day. So just coming into practice with that mindset, like, I'm going to get better and I'm going to help my teammates get better is, like, is something that every player should work for. Yeah, and going off of that, like, you don't have to walk in so perky or, like, oh, yeah. my God, everyone, yeah. hi, let's get this practice <laughs> yeah. done with. Like, come on. It could be, like, during breaks or, like, you know, you could have silly moments here or there just to uplift each other, but know the line when it's time to be serious. Like, yeah. A simple high five goes done. a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember me and Mac started being friends. Oh, Mac, uh, Coach Mac is here. She's my best friend, yes. Uh, she, We started being friends off a of high five. Off a high five? Yeah, in, like, Logan camp. Like, she just high-fived because we were, like, middles. And she high-fives me. I thought I, like, I hit so bad. And she high-fived me. She said, you're so strong. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, what the? See, that's a positive comment right there. And then we became friends because we had no other friends there. (laughs) A simple high-five, like, that could make a great bond. That's crazy to think. Yeah, like, if you do little things like that, you could create long-time friendships. Like, it doesn't even have to be, like, for real, like, you could fake it, maybe, but that'll go a long way, because maybe you didn't even like that person to begin with, then boom, you're friends. Especially if you're teammates, like, it's just bound to happen. The truth. No, that's the thing with me, like, I don't really like people, not saying it like that, but, like, I'm just the type of person that, like, I won't go out of my way to be like, oh, like, what color, you know, like, if we vibe, we vibe. So sometimes, like, I have so many altercations, actually, where I don't like the person at first, but the more we start bonding and talking, like, I actually, like, end up liking them so it's it's just like that like fake it or not just at least bring some positivity in Mm -hmm. so that way like it creates a welcoming environment for everyone else Mm -hmm. that hey that goes into like so many different relationships too especially like coach to player player to player like you just got to be open to like Mm -hmm. meeting new people yeah it is a team sport yeah i think the biggest thing is just like try to be approachable you don't want to be that yeah. type of player that everyone's just scared to go up to or, like, they have a genuine question and no one knows the answer but you. But somehow you're just unapproachable. So it's like no one really wants to talk to you. Yeah. You don't want to be that player because then no one's going to trust you either. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like, if they're really close, if you're that person and you're really close with the coach, it's going to create drama. Everyone's going to think, oh, oh, my God, the coach has favoritism. And, like, she's just a bad person anyway. Like, whatever it is, just try to mend good relationships. Yeah. How about being, you know, say you're an incoming freshman in, into high school season, like what advice would you give them, maybe not knowing a lot of people mm-hmm. with, within um, like volleyball or within the team, like mm-hmm. how do you get them to either get to know other people or other people getting to know them? And I say this in the most like respectful way, know your place. Like you can't yeah. just come in and then, all of a sudden you're trying to step on people's toes or trying to be the top dog when you're a freshman and there's like six other seniors who've been playing or veterans that know the yep. system and staff too that that been there long like 
yes, get to know the players and try to be on their good side and learn their ways, but stay in your place. Like, know your place. Don't overstep when it's not time to, especially, like, coming in first year, you're probably not going to be captain. So, like, yes, you could give suggestions and feedback, whatever it is, but, but try not to overstep because then people will look at you the wrong way. And not even that, it's like, look where you are. You're a freshman coming in. Like, just try to ease your way into it, but don't don't be so, like, aggressive or you know what I mean like just come in and be a learner instead of like a coach or like a yes. teacher because you're still new to the game yeah good one that is true you guys want to add to it yeah I guess I can add yeah no <laughs> really know your place that is so true though like knowing you're an underclassman you got to learn the system of what this volleyball program is all about how they go about everything, um, and just trust that they have your best interests at heart. If you are, if they see that you are a good player that they can take care of in the long run, most especially. And if you are a new freshman and you don't know anyone at all, you really just gotta see it as an opportunity to put yourself out there. It's just like going into high school, it's the same thing. but. You should see it as a plus because really you'll gain friends before you're actually stepping into the classroom, possibly. If you go to open gyms or even just tryouts, you'll gain friendships already and you'll be good for school. Fina, did you want to add? I just say coming in as a freshman to not think too much about it. I think freshmen like to think that they have a chip on their shoulder when they come in. Which I think is it's a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because they're more motivated to prove themselves, but in a bad way that they overthink and then they think about stuff outside of volleyball that may not even be relevant to volleyball. Like they may be thinking about like, like it's because it's high school drama. Like oh this girl she went here or she knows this person whatever whatever. You just gotta come in and come in looking at these girls like these are your teammates you have to grow off of them they have to grow off of you so you might as well just start that now start that now and just go up to them simple hi hey uh but just know everyone in that environment is there for volleyball and so don't be shy to just go up like they're not going to be closed off and just like shut you out you know yeah i think the other thing i remember at least for basketball when i was playing I definitely didn't want to be the freshman that messed it up for <laughs> the rest of the... Yeah. Uh, oh, like a drill the, uh, or something? Well, the drill or if, like, you know, f- for example, like, uh, when I was at Logan playing basketball, we had athletic P for basketball, oh, yeah. which was just end of the day, we were with all the basketball girls. And our coach had this rule about everyone needs to have a water bottle because we were we always started the first two weeks outside, like, conditioning and if you didn't have a water bottle, like, you know, the whole team got in trouble. And I remember one of the other freshmen forgot <laughs> a water bottle and all the upperclassmen, they were just, they were like so mad about it because they had to run. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, like all the freshmen made sure <laughs> that they knew their place, had extra water bottles just in case <laughs> anyone here. forgot. Water bottle check, we all had extra like an extra one in our bag too so yeah that was like one thing or like even if it was things like during the drills and stuff like I didn't want to be the one that messes it up for the team you know Mm -hmm. and 
especially if it's because I didn't know what the drill was, you know, you know what I mean? Like paying attention, paying attention or like when coach is trying to explain something, but Mm -hmm. you're not paying attention and then you're about to go like at least have the, what is it called? Where like, maybe like the courtesy, but also like, uh, knowing that maybe you should ask questions, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's asking the upperclassmen or asking someone else like, Hey, I don't know what we're doing. Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to get the team in trouble. That's like, actually a big thing, yeah. You know, can someone that. else, like, take my spot so I can watch or yeah. whatever, right? Because I think it's worse when, when coach finds out, oh, you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Uh, Running. On the line, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, because it's like, if you are you didn't know, everybody else did. So how is it that you still don't know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not going to lie, I was a victim of that. <laughs> I did that when I was in Me high school. Too. I was a victim. That's because in high school, they move faster from drills to drills, or they count on the veterans to step up and tell the little kids what to do because it's the same drills over the same years. And so they just say the name of the drill, boom, getting into it. So just leaning on your teammates is really important coming into high school. Ooh, yeah, being a freshman, I say make sure you go and talk and make friends with the other freshmen. The upperclassmen, too. the same place as you, too. Yeah. And, like, if you – going back to your uh, example about water bottles and, like, making sure you – just make sure you make friends and hold them accountable, too, because, again, if yes. one messes up, that's on the whole team. Mm-hmm. Keep each other in check. Yeah, like. just be accountable and check in with each other. That goes with mental health, too. Like, make friends mm-hmm. and be like, hey, like, how was it during this drill? Or, like, are you frustrated? Or, like, you know, like, simple talks like that you and, good? like, really get into <laughs> it because it's like, no. what are you really thinking about it? You know, like, you guys might relate or have the same mm-hmm. question. That just reminds me, like, whenever teams do, uh, was that cooperative? Columbus. Columbus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's the real test when because it comes down to about the team. Over swings. <laughs> yep. And then just testing like you know yep. the whole team like how do you, how do you talk to each other? Yeah. React in those things or Interact. like especially when you're struggling, right? The yeah, patience. and when you know oh. that you can't move on to the next drill until it's done, no matter, like, how long it takes. Mm-hmm. It could be the whole thing. And the trust, because everyone's going to touch that ball. Everyone's going to swing, no matter if you're a hitter or a passer. Yeah, or, like, when they do make the mistake, now it's like, how are you helping them yeah. mm-hmm. through it, right? I think yeah. we did a pretty good job on it, because we, like, our team, we are blunt with each other. Like, we knew each other's weaknesses and everything. So when it comes down to that drill, let's say someone can't down ball, then we just wouldn't pass them the ball. Or we just tell them, like, oh, like, you got it. You just got to get the arm up. But we'll help coach them in a way. But yeah. just knowing your about, team and your weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you right. can't do that if you can't talk. Yeah. So gotta make friends. Yeah, the biggest <laughs> thing is just communication because that yeah. a lack of that could lead to miscommunication. You it's gotta like talk. A lot of drama that was not probably necessary in the first place. Because something that was said support. was most likely not even said. Man, I it's funny because I was just telling Chloe about what happened at Open Gym and how I made the girls run <laughs> because of the lack of communication, the lack of effort. But those are the things you could control as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so if you're not even doing those basic stuff, like talking, talking, giving it your all, like why, why be there? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't understand too. If like players are just scared to go outside their comfort zone because like, for example, say it's a drill with diving and 
girls are purposely letting balls drop because they're not willing to dive. I don't know if it's because they're scared or, like, they just don't want to try, like, based on what you said. But I, I think it's just, like, they need to change their mindset to the point of, like, do you really want to stand out right now or do you want to be, like, everyone else or, like, everyone else that that coach has already yelled at? Like, you don't want to be one of those players that are, like, oh, yeah, she's one of them versus, oh, I tr- she's going to get that ball, like, watch. There's no ball that's going to get past her that's going to hit the floor. Like, yeah, I feel like coming in as a freshman, like, you should have – that mindset of like oh I need to stand out and like actually take it as a competition because you're really trying to take somebody's spot mm-hmm. coming in as freshman you're, you're most likely probably not going to start right so like you got to work extra hard and use that as a motivation dang what's another topic we could touch base on hmm. well I just want to go off the whole talking to the teammates like even in drills like I'd say a lot of girls get close through struggle because they mm-hmm. like to just talk mess. That's what they do. <laughs> they talk mess. But it's good when it's, like, conditioning or you're struggling. Like, not in a drill, basically. Like, it's, like, weight room, running. Like when you're not in the actual drill. Yeah, because then that's just get frustrated. But when it comes to, like, conditioning, running as a team, or just doing bonding as a team and just talking, that goes a long way because we still do, did that in college, like, even, like, after a weight room session or something, we'd be, like, the whole team talking to each other, like, oh, my gosh, my arms are so dead. Like, why should make us do that? Like, stuff like that. It may sound bad, but that's really how people bond. It's through struggle yeah. and sharing the struggle. So it's really, like, embracing the grind. Um, and embracing the grind means just – looking at the little things that will get you through. And I think we talked about that already when it comes to mental toughness, what's really motivating you, but you really got to self-reflect like as a player when it comes to that. Like if you are struggling with your teammates, right? How are you talking to them? Are you being vocal about it? Are you even saying like, you know, like what does the communication look like outside of volleyball, outside of school when the day is done? You know, looking back again, like, would you guys say that you would change some things, like knowing what you know now? Of course, there's so many. <laughs> I think I would change like my focus, mm-hmm. like make it actually intentional. Because I feel like some girls just go through things because again, it's just a sport. But if you want to get somewhere higher, everything has a purpose whether it's small or big like there's a bigger picture because those small things could take you a long way like learning how to pass simple thing like that and the mechanics of it like oh my platform should be flat and out like in front of me leaning on my shoulders stuff like that could help you a long way because you already know the basic fundamentals so you should know how to basically pass like different type of balls or like handle a service versus a fast pace ball whatever it is like taking care of those small things again could help also make you understand how to tweak your adjustments or your mistakes because you have a better um, volleyball IQ overall. I just say I wish I uh, knew more about myself or not knew no, more about myself. I just wish I wasn't complacent with where I was in high school. Like I would just go to where wherever the coaches tell me to go, I'll just go and just get it done. But I didn't know what I wanted to do for myself. Like, I was following my coach's role for me, not my own role, you know? So I just wish I knew myself better so that I could be a better player. Identity crisis. 
that was an identity crisis. Yeah, I mean, talked about this with Fina and Stacey on the last podcast we were on too, but it's just the comparison, especially when yeah. you are in high school. I did that a lot, especially because um, just watching other girls get recruited, I was like, okay, um, I got to get there. I got to get recruited already, right? So I think I kind of, I don't know if I rushed my process maybe, and I just got, I was okay with where I was at, like, and settling. I don't want to say I settled, but, like, you know what I mean? Just being okay with your progress and development yeah and just saying like, like okay that's your stop right yes there. exactly that wow i think bigger picture for everyone it's like understanding that this is a journey in my athletic career and then mm-hmm. it's like what am i gonna do to make the most out, out of it but also understanding what is my goal as an athlete yep. right and then what am i doing to get to those to those goals right um you know before I had my ACL injury I was like oh yeah I want to play in college I want to play basketball wherever I could and then when I had my injury I was just like well I guess this isn't going to be a part of it and all that but I still found a way to to make it a part of my own journey and embracing all the the ups and the downs in my athletic career and it's probably made me who I am as a coach and all that um but you know, I think everyone has to be able to look at that for themselves and figure out, you know, am I just going to be okay with playing in high school and not going anywhere past that? Or do I have those ambitions of, I want to play next level, but am I actually doing next level work to get me there? Yeah, going off of that, like getting to the next level, like, yeah, push past your limits but also know where your limit is to where you're not trying to exhaust yourself too much mentally and physically because then that could take the fun away from the game and and can cause you to not like have a motivation to to be at your potential that you know you could be at and reach that level potentially and I think understanding like which coaches are going to help me yeah like nurture that or Mm -hmm. whatever right I think sometimes we hear about certain coaches not really caring for the athlete and wanting more or maybe willing to say certain things just to maybe get that athlete to think that they're invested in them. And then when an athlete goes through a season, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like not what they expected. Right. And then it's like, how, what do I do next to continue? You know, um, I think at the college level, that's where, the transfer portal happens, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe for club, it's it's okay. Maybe I need to play for someone else to get better, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's a, a huge part in in trying to f- figure out goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in that too, you you have to self reflect. Like, why why isn't this working for me? You know, is it is it my part? Am I not doing? what I could be doing like am I not reaching my own potential am I not listening to what the coach is saying just little things like why why is this not fitting for me and that could be hard too, trying to figure that out but I guess once you figure that out then 
if you think if you have that gut feeling like I know this is going to be better for me in the long run I don't know what it's going to look like really but I think it'll be good then just do it yeah, I think. Uh, oh, oh, go ahead. I just want to say something small. Going off what you guys said, I think being goal oriented in everything you do, like every day, is really important as an athlete to keep a healthy lifestyle too. Just knowing why you're there and what do you want out of it. It can even be like one day's practice. Like I'm going to today's practice. My goal is to make all my serves in, and I did it. Boom! I feel accomplished. Now I have a next factor I could work on in next practice. I like that because I think that's where progression. Happens, it's going to be something small. Right. It's a whole practice. Like, it, it needs to be something small. Yeah, I feel like when players don't think that way, they just don't trust the process, rather focus on the result, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. shouldn't be their mindset because it's how you get there, not when are you going to get there. Like, what are you doing to get yourself there? It may take a long time. Some people may be blessed and it comes to them next practice or next good game they have. They'll get an offer, whatever it is. But... It's, it's about how you work to get it because it, it does take a lot of work. It's your work ethic that gets you to where mm-hmm. you want to be. Yeah, work ethic. Because the coaches could only do so much, but you're the one actually putting in work. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't Matt say something like it's 80% you and then like 20%, 20% coaching, coaching yeah. right? Because yeah. we can't go out there as coaches and – and play for mm-hmm. our athletes. Yeah, right? like we have the recipe now. It's up to you to cook. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we want to say? I'll put that in my IG caption. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just wow. say, as an athlete, you should be your biggest coach because you're the one that's in your head the whole time. You're the voice that's replaying in your own mind. So you got to coach yourself, really, to be a good athlete. Yeah, I think going off of that, like, be hard on yourself to a point where it can motivate you, but find a balance to where you're mentally tough enough to be like, okay, like, I, I need a break. I need something to, like, calm me down and not put too much pressure where I'm not having fun anymore. I'm not being, like, intentional with what I'm working on whether it's like the whole practice or one little drill like some people get frustrated and just give up like that's something that I think athletes should work on because I think it can help them like push past it like Chloe said just grind through instead of just letting it be a struggle like be something that you overcome yeah just really embracing the grind figuring out what that grind is what are you working for and just trying to understand that yes you are an athlete but you are just trying to become better in yourself too just the way you talk to yourself the way you talk to other people how you respect your coaches your parents just everyone around you that's why of course being an athlete it really helps just all around because once volleyball may be said and done, once you're done with club or just done in high school, right? What do you have left? You have things that have been with you since day one, friends, family, and yeah. I think going off of that too, like volleyball can teach you a lot of life lessons and life skills mm-hmm. that you could take past volleyball. Like Chloe said, if you're not looking to play pro or continue on in the late years after college, whatever you're pursuing. Like, 
at least it taught you some skills that you could use in later life. Yeah, I really like how this whole conversation has gone and just figuring out all those things that we wish we knew when we were younger athletes and some of the things now being a coach, liking what we've taken and being able to pass that on to the athletes we coach here at UC Mm -hmm. Elite and just even mentor each other as coaches and really supporting each other. So, wow, I I didn't think we were going to go for this long, you know. (laughs) I think we touched on some really good key points. Yeah, especially just like the the whole athlete's journey, the the mental aspect. I really liked us talking about that. Because I talked enough. Yeah, and then even like the whole recruiting, right, things we wish we knew. Um, But hopefully that gives our listeners just a little more insight and touching base on on those topics right mm-hmm. yeah so i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode yeah i hope y'all take what we said because again we're speaking from experience so yeah this is just to, for us to help you prepare because again we have the best interest like your best interest yep. that's all we're trying to do is look out for you guys yep we're speaking from the heart yeah because yep. we want what's best for our athletes yeah and especially with club season coming up mm-hmm. at least club mm-hmm. tryouts for yeah. our 15 to 18 uh, you age groups, like that's what at the end of July yeah, that we're doing, month. you know, and then Ooh. and then within uh, a couple weeks after that, most of our those kids are gonna have their their high school season mm-hmm. tryouts too. So, oh, yeah. you know, hopefully this gives everyone, even our parents too, just mm-hmm. perspective on the bigger picture of things that athletes should know um and prepare right Mm -hmm. so thank you again chloe fina mafa for being on this episode thank you you. (laughs) oh oh, man if anyone calls me stassi (laughs) i'm gonna know you listen to this podcast episode exactly all the way to the end yeah all right well thanks again for being a part of this episode if you want to catch us on more episodes be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow our Instagram. <laughs> and TikTok. YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. And yes. the TikTok. Everything. Yeah. You see volleyball. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Bye, Bye. Bye. Bye.